When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. I am officially 30 years old. This is a, a birthday episode, if you will. Monday turned 30 years old. And also something special about the day. My parents are here in studio. And the day after my birthday is their anniversary. It's their 47th anniversary. They couldn't let me have the spotlight for too long, apparently because then they make it all about them so but they're here in studio with me for this episode we got we're gonna have a lot of fun today rounding the bases off the top brett phillips the legend is joining me for this episode and then for you guys later that are that are big baseball video game fans i got a fun list for you a top five video game cover list coming your way because you know i love me a good list but let's get to it off the jump rounding the bases and first up is a video game cover. MLB The Show is one of my favorite video games. I love it, I stream it on Twitch. It is something very important to me. And on my birthday, they did a big reveal for the cover in Times Square in New York. And on the cover is Shohei Otani. What a birthday gift. On my birthday, the cover of MLB The Show is revealed and it's my best friend. It's my best friend, Shohei Otani. It was pretty cool to see that. Honestly, I woke up to it. They, they announced it early in New York City. But, but who else are you going to pick here? Who else are you going to pick? Shohei Otani last year, we know everything he did. He ended up being a unanimous MVP. Uh, I obviously followed him all year long. He's a big part of this show. I got to meet him at the All-Star Game. One of the best seasons in Major League Baseball history. and now. He gets to be on the cover of MLB The Show. And there's a little special edition cover for you that we made here at Fox Sports. And it's me and Shohei, side by side. How cool is that? A washed up dual athlete that pitched and hit that couldn't pitch in professional, so he had to stop. And Shohei Otani, who did it just a little bit better than I did. He throws 100, he hits a million bombs. But how cool is this? I love MLB The Show. I love Shohei Otani, and on my birthday, he's named the cover athlete, and then they come out with a special edition cover with me and Shohei on it together. That's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So happy birthday to me. Congratulations to Shohei. This is a big deal. MLB The Show is becoming a pretty, pretty big game, and I, I, think it's changing, I think it's changing the game of baseball for the better, getting more and more and more eyes on it. So being named the cover athlete, it was Fernando Tatis last year. And now who else? Shohei Otani. So that was really, really cool. Heading on over to second base. We're still locked out. The MLB lockout is still going on. We got to give a little bit, little bit of an update here. Back in, back in December, 
right at you know right at the beginning of the lockout they the two sides had met one t- one time and it didn't go well i think it lasted like less than 30 minutes and both sides walked out and ne- and didn't meet again for far too long left me antsy left a lot of people antsy but things are getting a little better now i don't want to give too much hope there there isn't a deal in place yet but over the course of the last week and a half the two sides have met twice and as we currently sit today the two sides are meeting again so that's three meetings now in the last week and a half which is a great sign things are rolling things are rolling a little bit faster as as we ramp up closer to the season spring training is obviously supposed to be right around the corner so the fact that they're meeting this much right now is a really good sign so they're they're still a little bit far apart on certain things but from what I have been reading, and, and if you're not, everybody should have the, the alerts on from Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan and all those guys right now. You got to have the alerts. But from my understanding, things are getting closer and closer and closer together in terms of money, in terms of all the core issues. They're still further apart, but earlier, right after the season, everything they talked about was a non-starter. Oh, you, you want this? No way. We're leaving. Well, it's getting better. Now you want this? Okay, we're willing to do we're willing to do it, but we're here and you're here. So the two sides are just getting closer and closer and closer together as the season gets nearer and nearer. Is that a saying? Nearer, nearer and nearer. I'm running with it. But the two sides are getting close. So I like where we are. I, obviously, I wish we had a deal and spring training was going to go on as normal. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think at this point, spring training is going to be a little bit delayed. But as long as we keep getting closer to a deal, that's a great sign. The two sides are meeting as we speak right now. So here's to hoping the two sides come out and say, hey, let's meet again tomorrow. That's what happened the last time. We got a, we got a first meeting for the first time in, in months, and they walked out and said, yeah, we're meeting again tomorrow. That's another great sign. So let's hope the two sides meet today and, and come tomorrow. It's, all right, we got another meeting. Let's get in the room. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's hash this out and, and march towards a season. But that's where the lockout stands. Currently, I'm feeling hopeful. I feel like that's a good word, hopeful. So let's head on over to third base and talk about David Ortiz. Big Poppy. He's a Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer, David Ortiz. Friend of the show. Got to talk to him in October. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It was A-Rod and David Ortiz or better known as Big Poppy. He is Big Poppy. There, when, when you hear that, you know exactly who it is. There's not a lot of people on, on earth that, that can just go by a, a single name, and he's one of them. And I got to have him on the show. But so well-deserved. One, he's an incredible guy. Uh, got to have him on the show, have a lot of fun with him, and, and talk baseball. His personality is absolutely incredible. But let's talk about on the field with David Ortiz. He is the most clutch hitter in the history of the game. And I I don't think that's a stretch to say that. When you look at David Ortiz and and look at the biggest games, so the playoffs, let's go to the playoffs, let's go to the World Series. He's the most clutch hitter that, that I've certainly ever seen. The Red Sox tweeted this cool graphic out and said, there's clutch, and then there's David Ortiz. 
And I couldn't agree with that more. One memory that is, that is burned into my retinas and will be in, until the day I die goes way back to when the Detroit Tigers were playing the Boston Red Sox and the ALCS in, at Fenway Park in Boston. I was there as a kid watching my brother. The Tigers had a lead. They were looking good. David Ortiz comes up with the bases loaded. And it's like you knew what was going to happen. Even before it happened, you just knew. And that's why David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer, for everything he did on the field. But just, you, you knew what was going to happen when he came up in a big moment. For, for those that aren't aware, that moment ended with, with a grand slam. Torrey Hunter running back to the wall, tries to rob it, flips over the wall, his feet go up in the air. The bullpen cop that is burned into my retinas as well is just standing there like this in the bullpen. Red Sox go on to win that game, win the series, and advance to the World Series because of him. Because of David Ortiz, and, and, and that's not the only instance. He did it time and time and time again. He is by far the most clutch hitter that I have ever seen, and I think the, the most clutch hitter that the game of baseball has ever seen. So congratulations to David Ortiz for being a first ballot Hall of Famer, also a friend of the pod, a Fox guy, so big fan of his. Congratulations, David Ortiz. Really, really cool. Round in third and heading on home. Got to talk about another guy that was up to be in the Hall of Fame, Barry Bonds. I have to talk about Barry Bonds. You can't talk about baseball in the Hall of Fame right now without hearing his name, and here is why. Barry Bonds, in my opinion, is, is the greatest hitter that the game of baseball has ever seen. For sure the most feared hitter uh, of all time. He, the, the accolades with him are endless. Abs the most impressive accolades that you will ever, ever find. 14-time MLB All-Star, eight gold gloves. That's one thing you overlook. When you think of Barry Bonds, you think of how feared he is as a slugger. He won eight gold glove awards. The awards just go on and on, but so do the MLB records that he holds. These are all records that Barry Bonds holds. All to himself, 762 career home runs, most of all time. 73 home runs in a single season, most of all time. 2,558 2, career walks. Nobody else is close. Seven MVP awards, 232 walks in a single season. In one season. A 609 on base percentage in a single season and an 863 slugging percentage in a single season. All records that Barry Bonds holds. But here we are, the Hall of Fame voting has come to a close, and Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. And not only did he not make it this year, he is now off the ballot. This was his last opportunity to be voted into the Hall of Fame, and he did not make it. Why, you might ask, for, for those that don't know, I don't know who, who's still asking this at this point, but there, there is a steroid link. There is. Let's take a look at this, th this tweet. Barry Bonds was accused of first testing positive for PEDs in November of 2000. Okay, that's 2000. Here are Barry Bonds' stats before the year 2000. A 289 batting average, a 412 on base percentage, almost a 1,000 OPS, four. 194 home runs, 
and a 111.4 war wins above replacement. That was good for 19th most all time before 2000. Barry Bonds had a Hall of Fame career before he was ever linked to steroids. Before that ever happened, he was a Hall of Famer. But then comes the link, and then the rest of his career, where we all know it, it just took off. He, he was absolutely incredible. But now here we are. He's not in the Hall of Fame, and he's not going to be. Ten years on the ballot, not voted in. Barry Bonds, in my opinion, is the greatest hitter that the game of baseball has ever seen, and certainly the most feared. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not. In my opinion, you cannot tell the story of Major League Baseball without talking about Barry Bonds. You can't. So now you go to this museum in, in New York that is the museum of the greatest baseball players of all time, and Barry Bonds, he's not in it. He's not in it. I think he should be. I certainly think he should be. Um, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to this question. I don't, I don't know the way to go about it. I know the baseball writers need to be involved in the process. And the baseball writers, for those that don't know, are the ones that do the voting. It is their process. It is them and only them that vote for the Hall of Fame. And, and I, under, I, I don't blame them at all. They watch more baseball than everybody. So... I don't know the answer. Um, I, I certainly have some, some ideas of, of how we could go about it. I, I would like to see a, a new process involved. But here's what I do know. Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame, but he deserves to be celebrated for what he did on the field, for what he did in his entire career, for what he did prior to any sort of steroid link. He deserves to be, he deserves to be talked about. He deserves to be admired. He, he, changed, he changed Major League Baseball. He changed the game of baseball, and, and, and I remember growing up watching him as a kid, and every time he came up to the plate, he was must-watch television. Every single time. I mean, the stats with him go on and on and on. I, I named them earlier, but one of my favorites, and I'll end with this one, one of my favorite Barry Bond stats. He is a member of the 500-500 club which means 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases. He is a member of that club. He is the only member of that club. He is also the only member of the 400-400 club. Nobody's in that one either. 400 home runs, 400 stolen bases. The only member, Barry Bonds. 500 and 500, the only member, Barry Bonds. That's pretty... Pretty impressive. I, I love this tweet from, from Big Cat as well. My favorite Barry Bonds stat from 2001 to 2004, 39.5% of all Barry Bonds at-bats ended in a walk or a home run. In that time span, he also reached base in 94% of his games. And then he goes on to say, imagine not voting for the best baseball player of all time to be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. It didn't happen, but the stats are ridiculous. And what I wanted to do with this segment is just appreciate the player that Barry Bonds was. Because he was certainly one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time.
So thank you for everything, Barry Bonds, that you did on the field. It was certainly a joy to watch. But speaking of a joy to watch, this guy that I'm about to bring on, a big, a, a friend of the pod, a pod favorite, an absolute legend of the game, and a, and a hilarious guy, a friend of mine, Brett Phillips. Brett, welcome back in, my friend. Ben, always a pleasure. I'm sorry I couldn't make it out to the birthday last weekend, but the big 3-0, I hope you had a great time. Thanks for having me on. How are you, man? It's like you got ahead of it, because the first thing I was going to do is call you out for saying, I invited Brett to my birthday party, and he decided to not show up. But you got ahead of it. You got ahead of it. Listen, if you didn't live on the other side of the United States, I would have been there. Florida, California, it's not like I can hop on my bike and ride down the street and come celebrate you, but you know what? Next year, okay? Next year for my 31st, which is an irrelevant birthday. But it's fine, dude. I, I, I won't hold you. I won't hold you to it. Um, but seriously, thanks for hopping on. I'm rocking the baseball is fun shirt, which is Brett's. That's his whole thing. Baseball is fun. We'll get to that in a little while. But Brett, really important question off the top here. Really important. Been dying to ask you this. What is an NFT? What is an NFT? <laughs> oh, man. Throwing me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> NFT. Uh, the, the, the term is subject to change just as uh, social media was called Web 2.0 back in the past. Um, it's Web 3. And it's the start of a period where we're going to own things digitally. For mm. me, I'm a nerd. I'm a video game nerd. I'm passionate about things as such as NFTs. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't like them. I'm, I'm starting to learn that a lot I of people think that. they're a scam or whatever <laughs> it may be, which is fine. You know, we're all subject to our own opinions. But for me, I'm just really getting ahead of the curve and educating myself on things that I believe may be a part of our future. And when it does get so popular, I don't want to be like, I don't know how to work my remote. Right. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to be, become <laughs> my mom who has to call me every time she needs to get Netflix working again uh, to, to, to help her out. So I'm kind of just evolving with where I think we're, we're heading. And that's a, a whole new technological owning a digital asset. Very confusing, but yes, I have been spending a lot of my off-season educating myself on such. I, I love it. And, and the reason I ask is because you were kind of one of the first baseball players that I saw. You like changed your Twitter avatar. And we talked about this. You, you did. You got a lot of backlash at the time, but now I feel like people are joining you, man. You got a bunch of <laughs> pro baseball players joining the NFT space. And look, like you said, you wanted to hop on the train early. I feel like you did. Hats off to you. You're just a smart you're just a smart guy hopping on the train early. Yeah, regardless if whatever it comes from it, I just I'm like I said I'm I'm a video game nerd and with the whole metaverse coming about, I want to be with my Oculus goggles on. I want to be in there, you know, whether it's taking hacks, hitting home runs off of Garrett Cole, which I can't do in real life, so I might as well, <laughs> you know, do it in the metaverse. How cool would that be just like hitting homers off a of dude that strikes me out every time in real life but I get him in the metaverse like I win at the end of the day I feel like I win uh, <laughs> all right so how, how is how's your offseason going what what are you what are you doing how's it going how has this offseason been different yeah so you know the offseason a lot of people think that athletes go into the offseason and take a lot of time off and kind of just lay back and relax 
And there are some athletes who can do that. For myself, I feel like I'm more in a strict routine. And I think my wife would agree. During the off season, it's way more structured of a routine. I get up around 9.30. Um, Bree and I, we go get coffee and then head straight to the gym. We work out together. And then after that, we'll come home. Um, we have a, uh, a company who provides us with like the meal prep. Uh, which is awesome. And then I'll, we'll eat lunch and then I'll head off at one to do my baseball workouts, whether it's hitting, throwing, fielding, all the above. And then at five or six, depending on the night, I do hot yoga and that's Monday wow. through Friday. So we're, we're super structured, three workouts a day. Um, and, and that's what it takes to kind of pro prolong a career um, and, you know, injury prevention, things like that you have to take care of in the off season. So when you do get into 162 game season, you're prepared, your body, hopefully, you know, you put yourself in the best position to stay on the field and that's all we can do. And again, there's a lot of things out of your control that can happen. But for me, this is the best I can stay on the field. You and Bree just getting jacked together in the off season. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm hearing. <laughs> It's a it's a great uh, you know it's a power couple for sure. Bree <laughs> Bree gets all the credit for how good I look. I, I'm just like she's my personal trainer, and you know she writes the she writes the workouts, she writes the scripts, and you know so it's great. Has has this off season to this point been any different for you with everything that's going on with the lockout? Anything up to this point been different for you? You know I'm my mindset on going day one you know what whenever that may be for us whenever they call and they're like hey it's we're ready to go I, i'm gonna be ready and i i don't think i could see a lot of guys having a different mindset than that how they're going about their workouts when they're starting to throw yeah. when they're starting to hit i know there's a lot of uncertainty uncertainty but for, for me, I'm hopeful and I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to put myself in the best position to be ready. So when that time, when that phone rings to say, Hey, we're, we're ready. Like you, you don't have to get ready. If you stay ready, that's, you know, you've heard that. Love that. Love that. Um, <laughs> are you as locked in as myself, the, the fans at home on like Jeff Pass and John Heyman, Ken Rosenthal, those tweets when they come up about an off-season update, a lockout update. Are you as locked in on those as everybody else is? Yeah, you know, I, my friends and family ask me all the time, like, what's the situation? And honestly, I'm like, what you guys read on Twitter <laughs> is what I'm, like, the information I'm getting. I feel like it's all in real time. And, you know, social media is cool in that sense where where you can get information. But I just, I, I, I hear it. I read it. I know there's a lot of moving parts going on that for me personally, I need to focus on what I can control. And that's going out, working out every day, doing hot yoga, things that are actually going to have me physically and mentally prepared for when baseball does start up to, to, to be ready. So, um, but yes, I, I'm hopeful and definitely reading on Twitter daily, you know, <laughs> seeing all the updates. Just like the rest of us. Um, yeah. Hey, I, I was just talking about the Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame voting and, and the whole structure of it. Obviously, David Ortiz just got in. Legend, one of the most clutch hitters in the history right up there. David Ortiz, Brett Phillips, a couple of names that come to mind. <laughs> um, Barry Bonds, in my opinion, one of the greatest 
of all time, maybe the greatest hitter of all time, did not get in. Um, yeah. Where Where do you stand on that? Where do you stand on the Barry Bonds thing? Oh, man, that's such a super controversial, uh, you know, super controversial qu- question. And I, I agree with you. You know, I agree that he's one of the best hitters of all time. And I really don't want to follow up with a butt. But it's like where I, I it's just over the years of uh, how long the Hall of Fame has been around. And I'm really trying to give a authentic answer to you right now. Uh, I, maybe we need to think about changing the voting system of how players get voted in. And, you know, I know we've had a system in place that's worked. But I think we're getting to a period where there are guys who deserve to be in, but with how voting has been, it doesn't allow them to get in. So maybe with everything else, we make an adjustment for the greater good of the game. And that goes with all the rules that are being implemented into Major League Baseball on a consistent basis. It is to further the game for the fans and to cater to the people who make this the greatest sport in the world, which is the fans. How we do that, I don't know. That's way above my pay grade, way above my high school level education. But we can start by, we have technology where we can reach millions of people. So how, how can we do that? Well, start putting out polls, start sending out emails. I don't know, maybe having it more of a decentralized way of letting the fans vote what they think is the best for, you know, the game. I, again, I don't know, but yeah, Barry Bonds, that's a, that's a tough situation. Yeah. One of the, being one of the best players ever, never getting an opportunity to, to get back into the hall of fame because of the rules that we've set uh, is tough. So I don't know. What do you feel about that? Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus. They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. 
Well, here's what I what I know is that I want to have you on this show as many times as possible going forward. But that's going to be tough when you're commissioner of the league someday. From 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 what this sounds like, <laughs> um, I, I actually had a thought the other day, and I I think the baseball writers should should be involved in the process. They watch more baseball than than everybody. But but I I do agree with you. I, I think we could we could update. I, I had a thought of. Um, Players with a certain amount of service time. Let's let's say they play ten years in the big leagues. If you have ten years of service time, you get a, you get a vote for X amount of years. You can't vote forever because then you'd have way too many voters. But if you have ten years of service time, you get a Hall of Fame vote for the next ten or twenty years, whatever it may be. And then maybe have like a three-step process. You have the baseball writers. You have players with ten plus years service time, and maybe you have Hall of Fame guys that are still alive. They get a vote. Uh, and, and if you get 75% in one of those three categories, you can get in. I, I don't know. I just think yeah. there should be uh, the same process on that end. Keep them involved because they absolutely should be. But maybe more ways than just them allowing players in or not. 100%. And it's, it's systems and it's uh, kind of, you know, op- opinions like that that I believe if you get enough good opinions, you're going to find a system that's going to kind of, I know not cater to everyone, but you're going to, it's just going to make more sense to people. And I'm a firm believer that you have to make adjustments in, in your everyday life. So why aren't we doing it with things like that? I don't know. The goal, is, again, the goal is to very, get it right. It's, it's At the end of the day, so. the goal is to get it right. And the, the baseball writers are trying to get it right, but the players would also try and get it right. The Hall of Fame guys would also try and get it right. And the more people together that we have trying to get it right, the more of a chance we have to actually get it right. Ooh, preach, man. Absolutely <laughs> preach. That was very well said right there. Thank you. Thank you. We just figured when, you, when you're commissioner one day, put, we'll, 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 we'll put our heads back together. <laughs> I'll be your right hand man. How about that? You know, <laughs> you know, I don't like confrontation. I, I, I would rather shy away from confrontation. So you be the confrontational <laughs> one. I'll be your right hand man, like Batman and Robin. Good cop, and I'll bad just cop. Supply, su- just supply you with like thoughts and stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, hey, so so last time I brought you on, it was kind of like middle of the season, a little bit later. It was right around the time. Wander Franco got called up to the big leagues. And, and uh-huh. I asked you about him, and you were like, this guy's a stud. He's going to be really good. Fast forward to now, this guy is a stud. He is really good. And you got to watch him for, for a couple of months do his thing. He tied the all-time record for a player under 20 years old reaching base. That was insane. Give me an update on, on Wander Franco. Like, how... Is he as good as we all perceive him to be, or is he better than that? I got like three words, or yeah, $180 million. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That, like, when the Rays make decisions, they make decisions based off of technology, off of statistics, off of in depth analysis. It's not just a process where they're they come up with 180 million dollars and they say that's what Wander Franco is about and I and you can make the argument well no team does that well the Rays are just on another level of diving in to numbers and I'll tell you that number 
it benefits both sides because he is the real deal. Wander Franco, the bat to ball skills I was telling you last summer when he got brought up is next to none. Guy on third base, less than two outs. You want Wander Franco up to bat because you know he's at least going to make contact. Brett Phillips right now, not so much. That's what, you know, 180 million, you you can argue that. But anyways, (laughs) he is, he carries himself at 20 years old on the field better than I, guy like myself who has 10 years of professional baseball in him. He just, he has ice in his veins. He looks like he belongs out there. Mm -hmm. And that is just alone at 20 years old is special. And I really think, again, for both parties, that is a very good contract. He's going to be very good for a long time. Um, he, he, what seems to be, he puts in the work in the offseason because that's a big factor when you're giving a guy a contract. You, you have to trust that when he's not at the stadium or with around, he's taking care of his business. And I know he, his family, he's, is it Eric Ibar is his cousin? Yeah, I believe that is correct. Uh, so, you know, you, he's got some really yeah. good people in his corner to, to keep him accountable. But the way he just goes about his, his business tells me that he's going to continue to be good for a long time if he's this good at this age that he's at now. Is he still rookie eligible next year? Like, could he win rookie of the year next year? I know. I think his, I think he had over, is it 120 yeah, I don't know the number. at-bats? Okay. 120 at bats, I think you lose your rookie status. See, then that's just frustrating because he didn't win this year because he didn't have enough games played and stuff. But now he's not eligible anymore. But I'm sure he's fine. He's making 180 million. He's not too. He's not. Yeah, you know, I, it's unfortunate that he didn't have. You know, he doesn't get a full season to, to win rookie of the year because I highly believe. Yeah. That if he got a full year, he would win rookie of the year. But again, all those accolades are piling up for free agency and again yeah he's worth 180 million uh it would have been he can always say i was in the the running for rookie of the year but i just didn't have the at-bats which is cool and shout out to randy rosarina his teammate um our teammate uh for winning rookie of the year that was a heck of a a a year he put together but i do believe if wander had a full season he would win rookie of the year is is a Rosarina the most fun person on the planet to play with in October? It looks like when October hits, he just becomes like superhuman and then just like dances around everywhere. He's just superhuman the whole year. The man shows up <laughs> to the field. I've never seen someone FaceTime as much as he does. He's literally the like FaceTimes everyone in his phone book with what it feels like throughout the day. And then he shows up to the cage, takes 10 swings. And then go rolls out and, and does it. And I don't say that in a way that he's lazy because he's not. He gets his work in. But he's just, I say that in a way he's just naturally gifted. He's been given God-given talent that it shows. And he rises to the occasion when it matters most. Uh, again, when you need someone to come through, what seems to be every single time Randy or Rosarina comes through. You know, my, my takeaway from that is I better be getting some FaceTime calls from you during the season in preparation. It, it works for him. Why haven't I got any calls, Brett? Maybe we should work on this. You know what? That is a great point. What I'm going to do is FaceTime you, but show Randy FaceTiming his, <laughs> whoever he's FaceTiming. So maybe I can just get in frame of his FaceTime to 
get some type of powers that he's getting through those FaceTimes. This is, but I got you. This is brilliant. I feel like we're figuring this a lot of things level. out. This is next level. Yeah. Um, so one thing, and, and when you started talking about the Rays and, and analytics and everything, it got me to thinking about some, something I've been thinking about this offseason because there's a lot of talk, you know, with, with all these negotiations going on and, and about teams that aren't winning and what you can do to raise the competitive floor. And one of the thoughts thrown around was a, a salary floor being higher. I, I absolutely don't think that's going to ever happen as long as they're, you know, the whole point is not having a salary cap. But it got me to thinking because I looked at the teams that have the lowest salaries. And it's like all the other teams are just not good. And then there's the Rays who, there, if there was a salary floor in a hypothetical war, world, you guys may be under it. And you're still like fighting for the World Series every year. It is insane what goes on down there in Tampa and how good you guys are of, at, at getting the best out of every single player you have. It is mind-blowing to me. You know, I've made this comment before. I might have made it on, on this show, but when the rest of the league, all 29 other teams, they're playing checkers and there's a few other teams like the Rays who aren't, the Rays are playing chess. And with the salary that they have been given, they are maximizing it to the most. To the And you can't argue that with how well they have performed yeah. over the last four years. It's like, okay, what are they doing? And I think teams can learn from the Rays in a sense of when they make a trade for a guy, they – and everyone else is like, why, why are you trading for him? <laughs> you need to start understanding that they have information that you don't have. Okay. Like, first of all, they've got something that they're diving into. Again, when I say they're playing chess, when you're playing checkers <laughs> that you have not seen, or maybe you've overlooked and they know, they know that that's going to work. And I'm glad to say that I was one of those guys that, probably when the rest of the league was like, why are you acquiring Brett Phillips? The dude played two games in Kansas city in the month of August <laughs> in 2020 and put together crappy at bats. Well, the Rays, I got over there. I'm not going to sit here and give all the information, but they unlocked something from me that <laughs> another team couldn't. And I, and you know, but they do that with almost all the guys they acquire. And for me, I came up in Houston's organization. I like development wise, they're another organization that was doing like they had me in 2013. They had me attached to all these probes and they were analyzing my swing mechanics in 2013 Houston was. And then like I get over to Kansas city in 2019 and they're starting to incorporate like the bat knob, you know, the, yeah, the, the little, like, the technological thing off the, the end of the knob. Yeah, the little technological that goes on the end yeah. of your bat. It's like, holy cow, there's teams out there that are just way more advanced than other teams yeah. who are trying to, I don't know, still have that old school mentality. What I see with my eyes is, it, you know, and there, there has to be a balance. I'm not sitting here saying that it has to be all tech, technology, but again, like I talked about in the beginning of the segment with, web three in, in the metaverse oh yeah teams have to start incorporating and educating themselves to put themselves in a position to to further their uh their careers and and that's what we all have to do 
So, uh, again, the Rays playing chess. Chess, not checkers, Brett. Chess, yeah. not checkers. Um, all right, so let's go back to, to 2020. That year, you go to the Rays. You end up in the World Series. You're, you're a hero in a, in a World Series game, okay? So you play in the World Series in 2020. Then 2021, the World Series. You're there as a fan. As a, as a, as a fan, you're, you're there working for MLB. I was there with you. It was a lot of fun. How, how cool was that to experience it one year as a player where you can't, like, kind of step back and appreciate it? You're, like, locked yeah. in. And then you're there the very next year, and you can kind of soak it all in and appreciate it and say, wow, I was doing this last year. That's got to be pretty cool. So cool. And, and Ben, I'm a huge advocate for professional athletes who, th- who start to think, I, like, for me – it's not that I'm thinking about a plan B. It's just, I know when that time comes to transition out of being a professional athlete, it will be the hardest thing that I will have to do in my life. And if I can get ahead of that now, uh, creating relationships, kind of maximizing my platform and in, in doing so when that time comes, I'm going to have multiple avenues that Brett Phillips can, can pursue, not, Oh, my back's against the wall. What do I do now? And I know a lot of times people are like, yo, why, why are you doing so much? Like you're, you're always doing, well, it's because I have to like one day baseball is going to be over with. And just as you have done Ben, which you've paved the way for someone like myself, you were a professional athlete who has transitioned into a career that you are happy about you. You're passionate about showing up to work. It gives you, it, it allows you to lead a life Uh, full of you know something that you want to do and that's something that I recognize so with that being said to your question MLB sent me out to not only the World Series this year to be an announcer uh, but also the All-Star game it was my first time getting to witness a home run derby um, sitting there next to Ken Griffey Jr. that's like holy cow these are (laughs) opportunities that I would have never been presented if I wasn't active on social media. You know, if I didn't have fun playing the game of baseball, like things like that have just, uh, I've just been so blessed and, you know, being able to play in the world series was awesome. And also being a commentator or announcer or whatever at this past world series was just as cool to be able to kind of, like you said, have a different perspective of what these guys routines, what they're dealing with all the media they're having to talk to, like you just get a, a way different perspective about the whole situation that uh, I'm just super blessed to have had. And um, it's honestly helped my baseball career, how to navigate talking to the media, how to uh, give my, be more um, just available to the media, because I understand now how hard it actually is to get a guy's attention to have literally one minute with him. Yeah. What, to, to have one minute with a major league baseball player, you would think it was like pulling teeth out because a, I don't know, maybe they just don't like the media or maybe they're just too busy. But for myself now as a major league baseball player, it's like, yo, I need to make myself more available. I need, like, I need to make these women and men more like their job way easier because that may be me one day and I need to not forget where I came from. Yeah. I mean, we had, a, we had a few conversations there at the world series about how, you know, transitioning from being an athlete to 
the media side of things, it's we know how it is on the other side. You never want to be a nuisance. And I think that's like where, you know, like I don't want to bother a guy, but like I, I understand what he's thinking. And then like having a conversation with you, it's like, okay, I, being on both sides of it, it's like, I'm going to give you a lot of time because I know how you're feeling inside it. At least a, a lot of people, there's some that just don't care. And they're like, Hey, give me all your yeah. time. But it, it, that, that is the, the tricky balance of it is you never want to be a nuisance, but you also like want to do the job. But th that was a cool conversation and a cool takeaway I had from, from talking to you and especially seeing you now doing some things on both sides, work, working for, for MLB, uh, you know, announcing, and then obviously playing, it's cool to see you, go back and forth uh, and, and juggle it. I, I think you've done it seamlessly. And, and no matter what happens with your career afterwards, you got, you got quite a career waiting for you, Brett. No, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I just have, I, I have a passion for this. And at the end of the day, y'all are promoting us. Y'all are growing yeah. our individual brands. Right. And I, and again, whether guys just don't care or, you know, maybe they don't feel comfortable having conversations like this. Whatever it may be, it's only going to benefit Brett Phillips and the Tampa Bay Rays because that's who yep. I play for right now. It's, it's only going to be like give people more of an insight to who I am as a person. So when they see me, regardless if they're Rays fans, but they see me up to bat, they're going to see this conversation and be like, you know, I want to root for that guy or right. I want to, you know, I want to see that guy do well. So again it's it's how you go about your business and it reflects uh you know just i want to reflect someone who's who's genuine who's a positive love and respects everyone that's yeah. who i am to my core so when i get an opportunity to do interviews like this which i hope all the time i i can show that yeah well i love it and and i, and I know i know another thing that you're passionate about is I know you've been on Twitch before. You play video games. You MLB the Show, yeah. and and I wanted to talk a little bit about MLB the Show. And and yesterday it was announced that Shohei Otani is on the cover of MLB the Show 22. But Brett, I I am close with some of the people down there at SDS who make the game, and I have it on good record that a close second place was another dual threat player. They almost put you on the cover. Here it is, <laughs> right here. Brett Phillips, the GOAT edition, was almost on MLB oh The Show gosh, 22. That is awesome. You know what, Ben? I am so, first of all, congratulations in order to my man Shohei. Much deserved. There is nobody else that should have been on that cover. With that being said, Shohei, you paved the way for my arbitration case, man. Like, when I, when I use you as my comparison coming up, that you're on the you're on the cover of MLB the show and I like I'm just as good, you know, as a dual threat player. I posted it's, you it's the other day. I posted your pitching outing the other day as one of the most impressive you saw it. performances. Yeah. And the only and, and that's all we have in life is our receipts. And you know, <laughs> everyone saw the the receipts of the pitching performance and saw the movement. And uh, I'm just I mean, humbly speaking, I one of the best pitchers out there. No. Okay. You, you, like, you can't argue it. speaking, you, you can't, can't argue it. No. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I need to get my hand on that cover, by the way. I, I want the goat edition. Obviously I'm a big fan of, of Otani as most people know, but I, I need, I need both editions. I need the MVP edition and the goat edition. Uh, Brett, uh, how do you feel that you're best friends with uh, 
two two-way superstars like do you yeah. are do you just walk around with your chest out that you're just like I know two two-way superstars. I'm friends with them. Like, yeah. Well, when like the, when SDS reached out and said that um, second place was was Brett Phillips, the the two-way star to be on the cover, I was like, how how is this my life? Two of my best friends are are in competition to be on the cover of MLB The Show. What a, what a life I'm living, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> what a life. <laughs> you're a character man you're an absolute character Uh, oh my gosh that's great i need to get my hand on that copy for sure um (laughs) hey brett before i let you go what do you um heading into a new season right we're about to head into this 2022 season do you set goals for yourself like heading into a year do you have goals that you set in place that you want to accomplish and and if so what are they you know i just want to win at at the end of the day uh i don't set personal goals i don't set expectations because being a major league baseball player as it is is a is an expectation right it's uh it, it's a, and, and I, I may be different in this sense. There may be guys who are like, I'm going to hit 40 home runs this year and go out and hit 40 home runs. For me, I take it day by day. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I just go out there in perspective, right? For me, it's today's the day. I'm going to give it everything I can. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to enjoy myself. And regardless what comes from it, I'm thankful. And, you know, I, with that being said, during the game, I'm, I'm, I'm playing hundred percent. I want to win Uh, that day. I just want to win. That's my goal. But for a long-term goal, I have learned by going up and down from the big leagues to triple a, that a lot of it is out of my control. So I I can't put those expectations. This answer may be subject to change though, Ben, if I'm ever blessed to have a contract um, you know, where they want to give me, you know, five for 500 million. Right. And, uh, and then I, you know, I can set that I'm, oh, I'm going to hit 62 home runs. This year. <laughs> I can set those expectations because I know I'm going to, you know, be right. receiving those at bats. But <laughs> as of now, it's like, I just want to get in the game and help the team win. We'll, we'll adjust if need be. Uh, well, you'll come back on. We'll adjust if need be. But as for right now, you would just say that you're going out there and just trying to have fun because, Baseball is fun, Brett. And and speaking of, this is this is your shirt. This is your brand. How can how can people get these shirts? It's got the logo on the back. You can't see it, but it's got the Brett Phillips logo doing the celebration in the outfield. There we go, right there. How how can people get That's their hands awesome. on this shirt? No, I appreciate you allowing me to plug this. Uh, my wife and I we created Baseball is Fun. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Baseball is Fun or on Twitter. And then our website is baseballisfun35.com. And, you know, we created this after last, last season, you know, after the world series, I made the comment in, in, in the interview that baseball is fun and everyone took a liking to it. And for myself, uh, I have a responsibility as a major league baseball player to show, you know, high schoolers and the youth and also parents in general, that hey why did we start playing this game in the first place it's because it's fun and i and i know there's a lot of pressure that comes with it 
as uh, competition rises, as you get older, but parents especially need to remember that this is, this is fun. We, I, you enjoy it and you need to carry yourself in a way that you're having fun. And so thank you, Ben, for, for allowing me to talk about baseball is fun and, and, and my, my wife and I's company. Of course. And speaking of parents, mine are here, by the way, in studio. It's their 47th anniversary today, by the way. No way. way. Yeah, big day. Big day. Hey, congratulations <laughs> to the Verlanders. Let's go. And they're, ce- they're celebrating 47th anniversary with you talking to me right now. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord, help them. I am so sorry, y'all. I hope, uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day because I know up to this point, you guys are probably just like, what in the world did I get myself into on this 47th anniversary? Uh, that's great. But yeah, so baseball is fun, 35.com because baseball is fun. That's what this show is all about. That's what Brett's all about. That's what the game should, should be all about. So baseball is fun, 35.com. Brett, thanks for coming on, man. As always, going to bring you back a few times throughout the year, hopefully. Uh, I got a Brett Phillips laugh out of him today. That's a big accomplishment. I never try because it's got to be annoying with people trying. We've talked about that before. (laughs) Brett, thanks so much for coming on, dude. Always a blast. Uh, Ben, before I leave, man, I just have to say how well you have evolved. And, like, you know, I I start – I've watched from the beginning your – your growth in, in doing so. And you've just been doing an awesome job. Seriously, keep it up. You are paving the way for guys like myself who want to get into what you're doing when uh, our careers are over with. So thank you for, for being a stud, man. Keep up the great work and thanks for having me on here. Fox, uh, they should definitely be proud to, to have you. I appreciate that, buddy. For my, for my, for my birthday, for the birthday episode, you're on the birthday episode. So that's awesome. Thanks for Thanks saying for that, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, thank you. Uh, I expect some FaceTimes this year in the locker room with Randy, all right? Hey, as long as you bring me some homers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks so much. All right, I wanted to thank Brett Phillips again for joining me. All that video game cover talk got me to thinking. You know, Brett, Shohei, who is it going to be? Well, it got me to thinking. I love video games. I love lists. Doing a top five list at the end of the show. So it got me to do a top five video game cover list. I love this. So let's go down here to number five, and we're going to start with MLB The Show 2006. We talked about this guy earlier, David Big Poppy Ortiz, one of the most clutch hitters of all time, probably the most, but I just love this cover. I love the game. It was like the first MLB The Show game I ever played, but I also love the cover. So with these, with all of these covers, there's going to be a different story of why they are on here. This one It just looks sick. It has David Ortiz, and it was the first MLB The Show game that I ever played. So moving on to number four, we have Manny Ramirez. This game might be the greatest baseball video game in existence. Manny Ramirez is on the cover. It's a cool-looking cover, but this one, when you see this cover, you know. You know what you're about to get. You know this game was about to be sick. So great cover there. Moving on to number three. MLB 2K12 with my brother on the cover. Now, you might be saying, why is your, you you had your brother on the cover of a baseball video game and you put it at number three? Well, yes, and to be quite honest with you, it's because this game was awful. I mean, terrible. It's actually the game that got me away from playing and it got me a PlayStation. 
It was awful. When my brother was on the cover, it is a sweet looking cover, but that is the reason it is here at number three. But it does look sick. I'll say that. But just if you see that cover and the video game, don't get it. Don't play it. Moving on to number two, backyard baseball. When you see this, this brings back all the nostalgia. Computer, playing it on the computer. I played this game every single night growing up. You got Pablo Sanchez right here front and center. You got Pete Wheeler there in the background. This is a cover. This is how you do a cover. But it is at number two. So what are we doing at number one? My best friend, Shohei Otani. A new video game that hasn't yet come out yet. We just talked about it, though. The cover has been announced. It was announced on my birthday. It was the perfect storm. My birthday, my best friend, my video game. What better could you ask for? Shohei Otani on the cover of MLB The Show 22. I am pumped for that game. So we got David Ortiz. We got Manny Ramirez. We got my brother, Justin Verlander. We got Backyard Baseball and Pablo Sanchez. And rounding it out, the reigning AL unanimous MVP, Shohei Otani. But that does it, guys, for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for joining. And, and as always, I love doing a little extra innings thing at the end of something, something that I'm passionate about, something that I care about, something that makes me happy. And, and this week's is, is my parents who are here in studio. So mom and dad, come on up here. My parents are here in studio, and, and I fell in love with the game of baseball because of them, because of them. And it is their 47th anniversary. Stand here on this side. 47th anniversary of these two, and, and I couldn't be happier to have them here in studio and have them watching me. You know, this show is brought to you by them to, <laughs> to be quite honest with you and it is really cool to have them here in studio and and they got to watch me playing baseball growing up they watched me live out my dream as a baseball player and playing professionally and now this is the first time they get to watch me uh in my next career and and something that i'm passionate about and something that i love so mom and dad i love you happy anniversary and Thank i'm really you, glad sweetheart. that Thanks. you guys were able to come out here for my birthday and your anniversary i love you guys Happy anniversary. And that does it for this week's episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe on all social media. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Click five stars. Make sure you rate it five stars. You can follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, where the episode is available via video. And that does it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Brett Phillips. This has been awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, peace. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate.